0: Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620.
1: Why did it have to happen to me? I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know, why did this happen to me? Who can I call? Where can I go? I know, let me think. Let me call Pastor Robin. Okay, all right. Where are you, Pastor Robin? She is not there? Okay, hello, Pastor Robin. This is Tracy. When you get this message, please give me a call when you get a chance. Okay. Uh, who else can I call? I need some help. Okay, maybe let me call Pastor D. Whew. I can't believe it. She's not there either. Where is she? She's always at home. Oh. Okay. Uh, let me call. I know. Let me think the thing. Oh, I got Minister Sophie on speed
2: down. One button. You
1: got to be kidding me. You're not home either. Oh, Lord have mercy. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Ooh. What am I going to do? I know. Oh, man. I just need a drink. Let me get a drink of Moscato. Uh, how about I just smoke a junk? They done done legalized marijuana now, it's okay, it's all right. (sighs) Okay. Oh, that's not gonna work, that's no good. Oh, help me. Okay, I know. I got 300 friends on Facebook. Uh Uh-oh. Let me get a selfie. All right. Okay, I got about three likes so far. got about three. Ah, oh, they ain't helping me. They ain't doing me no good. What can I do now? Oh Lord. Okay. Maybe I can watch a movie or okay. I could just party, you know, just go to the club and get my dance on, get my groove on or something. <laughs> it ain't going away. It's not going away. Oh, okay. You know what? I need to talk to somebody. Whew. Let me just call Tyrone. Cause I know he's at home. He might, oh shoot, he's just a bum. He ain't no good, but Lisa got somebody to talk to. Whew. He got the nerve not even to be at home. Okay, you know what? I can call Hmm. You know, everybody's doing that these days, right? Mm. I don't even know her number. (laughs) Oh, Lord. None of this is helping me. Where can I go? Who can I talk to? Oh, I need some help. I need some help. Somebody help me. Can you help me? Oh, I need help. Help me, help me, help me. Oh, I need some help. Woo!
2: that your arms are open to us, dear God. We're grateful to you, dear God, because you really are a present help in a time of need, dear God. You are source, dear God. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you invite us to come and to be with you, Father God. So Lord, even tonight, Lord, we don't take it for granted that there are people here who have challenges, who are looking for somewhere to go, dear God, and they're looking for an answer. And God, we thank you because you are the answer, dear God. We thank you, Father God, that we can go to you and you are always here for us, Father. So we glorify you for this time of study. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Tonight, we are starting a two-part series that I will be teaching, entitled, Processing Life's Challenges at the Throne. And I was wondering, does anybody have any challenges? Right. You know, we've all had challenges. We've all had issues. We've all, we, we all have had things that we've had to overcome. And so I want to pose the question to you tonight. Where do you process your challenges? Where do you process when you have a problem or something comes up? You don't quite know how to handle it. What do you do? Where do you go? Who do you call? And as we just saw in the dramatization, so beautifully done by our sister Angie, we saw, right? (laughs) We saw some of the things that, that she went to You know, first thing, she tried to call our pastors. And we thank God for our pastors and the ministers. They're always there for us, so they try to be there for us. But they have to sleep. (laughs) They have to eat. They have families. And late in the midnight hour, you know, we may not be able to get in touch with them all the time. We saw where she um, went to get something to drink, you know. And so she also, that wasn't strong enough, so she got something else, what, a, a joint or some weed or something like that. And we know that um, a lot of people are doing that these days. A lot of people, they go there, they, they need something to kind of alter their mood or to put them in a different place to make them feel a little bit better to kind of calm their nerves. And then we saw where she tried to call Tyrone, right? And so a lot of times we, we reach out to people. We need relationships. And there's nothing wrong with having relationships. But when relationships are an idol, when they are the source to which you go to instead of going to God, then that can become a problem. And so we got to realize that the only place that we can process our problems and our issues is with God. We got to take it to him. And there are some other um, things that I put down a lot of people and you may not think that this is really bad a lot of us go to food right we get um, a challenge or something comes up and we just eat we just eat a lot of us shop you know, a lot of us are already in debt <laughs> but you you know you need something you need something to make you feel a little bit better so you go shopping there's work a lot of people throw themselves into work you know and then there's just avoidance you just avoid the issue I don't want to deal with it. So you don't even talk about it. You just don't even want to deal with it. A lot of people, they want to go out and club and party. Just want to have fun. You know that song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun? Just want to have fun. We don't even want to deal with the the issue. But we have to process every challenge, every issue um, at, at God's throne. Amen. And so you might ask the question, well, what is processing at the throne? What does that mean? Well, the throne is a special seat reserved for a monarch. And that could be a king or a queen. You ever see a king or a queen seated seated on their throne? That's a special place. Not everybody sits in that seat. And so when the Bible speaks of God's throne, the emphasis is on God's deity, his holiness, and his sovereign rule. And we got to realize that when we're going to God, that God is holy. His name is holy. Um, One of the things that really gets me is when people use God's name in vain, they get upset and go, Jesus Christ, oh, God. But that's not how we should use God's name. The Bible says, Hallowed be thy name. His name is holy, and God is to be reverenced. Amen? And so when we process at the throne, it means that we're taking every challenge, every issue, every situation, and every desire that we have to a sovereign God. And he's a God who's able to handle it. And so there are some ways that this is accomplished. Okay, the first way that this accomplished is through prayer right? And prayer is just simply talking to God. And I love what First Thessalonians 5.17 says. It just says simply never stop praying. Never stop praying. That's in the New Living Translation. Just never stop praying. And you might say, well, how is it that I'm can be at a state of prayer consistently. I don't know if you were here when uh, Minister Cyrus taught, but he gave an awesome analogy of when he was walking down the street, and he was praying. He, he wasn't moving his lips, you know, you couldn't hear him audibly, but he was praying. He was praying about a situation by somebody that was dear to his heart, and he was walking. And then he said that there was somebody um, on the street that saw him and told him something like, Never, don't, don't stop praying. And so we can be at a state of prayer consistently in our spirits, in our minds, and in our heart. The next thing you want to do is worship, right? And and I love worship. I love worship. And and worship, there's so many benefits to, to worship. And when I think about processing at the throne in reference to worship, I used to work in the field of audiology. And in, I did that for about eight years. I was an audiology technician. And what we did is we worked with the anatomy of the ear. And a lot of times I would see patients that would come in who would have wax clogged in their ears. And I'll say, well, what did you do? How did you get this? And I say, you know, I was using Q-tips. Please do not use Q-tips in the ear canal. They were not intended for the ear canal. And so what, they, what he did was, in an attempt to clear the ear, you just push it deeper in into the ear canal. And what it does is it impacts the, the hearing. And you're not able to hear clearly. And if they wore hearing aids, then that would cause what they call feedback from the, the hearing aid. And so I would go in and perform what we call the cerumenectomy. Basically, it's just removing the wax from the ears, right? <laughs> That's a Roman me. that's a real fancy word, right? But worship to me, one of the things that worship does, it kinda helps to clear us. It kinda helps to remove all of the stuff and all of the issues and the things that may have impacted our hearts and our minds and our spirits. And when you come before God, you can lift up your hands and there's just a way that God just clears it out. You know, and then when the word of God is being taught, we're just able to hear it just a little bit more clearly. Amen. And so the last thing in this part is um, meditating on God's word and basically just reading God's word. Um, Joshua one, chapter one, verse eight. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have uh, success. And so basically, it's just reading God's word. Um, Anybody shovel snow this week? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, I did. I shoveled snow. And I got to tell you, I had to implement that meditating on God's word. I thank God that, you know, he's blessing me with a home. And so in my, um, my driveway, you can fit about three cars in a driveway. And so I was looking at Facebook, and people were talking about they woke up, uh, another single sister, and praise the Lord. The steps were clear, you know, won't he do it? And I'm looking like... <laughs> I'm looking out my window, 12 o'clock, he didn't do it. (laughs) Two o'clock, he didn't do it. So I had to go out, get my shovel, get my gear, and and start, you know, shoveling. And so while I'm out there, it looked like a big task, and, and I almost felt a little bit overwhelmed. But I start shoveling, and my back start hurting, and I'm sweating, and I'm looking around the neighborhood. You know, there are men in my neighborhood. Nobody's out here offering to help me. And so halfway through, I'm like, Lord, I need a man. I you need to send me some help. You need to send me somebody to help me do this. But then I had to go back to God's word. And then I began to recite, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With each shovel, I began to meditate on it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I took a before and an after, and I wish you guys can actually see how much snow I was able in the strength of Christ to clear from my driveway. And so it doesn't matter what it is, what we're going through. We can always process any challenge, any issue at God's throne. Amen. So there are eight things that we must do or know, eight things that we must know or do when processing at the throne. Eight things. Okay, the first thing is that you must know that God understands. You must know that we're going to a God who understands. You ever try to talk to somebody about an issue that you have and they just don't seem to get it? You know, it's difficult when you're trying to convey your heart or or something that's on your mind and people, they just don't get it. But we got to know that God gets it. He understands what it is you're going through. And not only does he understand, he wants to help. God wants to help. Um, In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, The high priest, which is Jesus of ours, understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same uh, testings we do, yet he did not sin. So God, or Jesus, he understands our emotional pain. Anybody know that emotional pain can be just as severe as a physical pain? There's a commercial that comes on and it says depression hurts. And it's so true. God understands our emotional pain, the things that we deal with that press upon our minds and our hearts. And he understands our physical pain. We know he died on the cross, right? We know that he understands every physical pain, every ailment that we have, God or Jesus understands. The next thing that we must do is you must know that God wants to come, or you must know that God wants you to come to him. And not only does he want us to come to him, he wants us to be bold. And he wants us to be confident when we come to him. Amen. Um, Hebrews chapter 4, this is the next uh, verse in that, verse 16, it says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find help um, in a time of need. And so when we draw near to God, we draw near with confidence. We're not drawing near for just anything. When we draw near, we can be, we can know that God is going to help us. God is going to help us. He's our help. And when, when we have a need, we can say, God, I trust you. And I know that if I come to you, that you will help me. Now, I love this scripture. Um, and, and with David, that David stated, and it's Psalms 27, uh, 8. And this is in the New Leaven translation. And it says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. My heart. you ever have God beckoning your heart? He just want to talk to you. Sometimes it's late at night when you may not want to get up. But you ever feel that little tug? Like God just kind of nudging you, saying, I want to talk to you. And how do we respond? How do you respond when God says, come and talk to me? Come and talk to me, my son, my daughter. I want to impart some things into your heart. And so hopefully, when God beckons us that, our response will be like, Lord, yes, here I am. I am here. Speak to me, Lord. Okay? And Matthews 11:28. It says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So here is Jesus saying, Come to me. Come to me, all of you who are carrying heavy burdens, and you heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. How many of us um, on a regular basis invite people to come dump all your problems on me? Come and talk to me. Give me everything you got. Give me all of your issues. We don't do that, do we? But guess what? Jesus does. He says, come. I have what you need. I, have, I am your answer. He says, come to me. And don't be afraid to come to me. Come to me boldly. Okay. Amen. Okay. And number three, the next one is, you must be honest and transparent before God. When we process at the throne, at God's throne, we got to be honest we got to be honest. A lot of times people come in and you say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything's great. But their hearts are heavy. A lot of people come in. They're smiling. But there are issues. There are things that they're contending with. And if you just look at them, you would never know. But in Psalms 139, 4, it says, even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. Other translation says, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. So God knows, he knows the deep things, he knows the secret things. And so when we come before God, we have to be transparent. In order for him to help us, we have to be open. And I think I've shared this before, that I work in the field of domestic violence. And um, I work with clients who are, who deal with a lot of different issues. And a lot of times when I have to talk to a client, it's because they're having a barrier. And there's something that they're having a a problem getting over to help them complete their domestic violence groups. And it's so severe because if they don't complete the groups, then we send them back to the judge. And the judge could send them to jail. So when I get involved, it's so that I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to see what the issue is to try to get you to the next level. And a lot of times, um, this will be a scenario, I have a client to come and I'll say, well, Mr. Jones, how are you? I'm fine, everything's good. I say, well, do you uh, have any real challenges? What's going on? Oh, everything's okay, I'm doing just great. And I'll say, okay, well, what about drugs? Have you had any illicit drugs or any legal drugs? Nope, I'm clean, I'm real clean. I said, are you sure? Are you sure you haven't had any, you know, you've taken any drugs or anything that you're not supposed to be engaging in? No, I'm fine. But what they don't realize is that I have their drug record right in front of me. And I'm looking at the drug history. And I see where the person may have just tested positive for cocaine, maybe the day before yesterday or just yesterday. And so then I have to tell the client, you know what, Mr. Jones, I'm looking at your drug record. I see where you tested positive. So everything is not fine. I need for you to be honest, be open with me. And it's difficult to help those kind of clients when they come in and they're trying to manipulate. But I do get clients that come in, I say the same thing. Mr. Smith, how are you? I'm having a hard time. Or oh, really, what's going on? It's just real difficult right now. Well, how are you doing? How are you coping? Well, I had a smoke the other day. You know, I did. I, I, you know, I had some cocaine, or I did this. When they're honest like that, it makes me want to help because that's what I'm there for, to help. But they don't, the other client that's trying to manipulate, he doesn't realize. And a lot of times when we go to God, we got to realize that God wants to help us. And so therefore, we have to be open. We got to be transparent with God so that we can get the help that we need. Amen. Amen. Okay. Next one is you must get control of your emotions. Ooh, anybody listen to the message that Pastor uh, put out for us, the snow message on Sunday? I, I went to the 8 o'clock service. I saw it, right? And Pastor talked about the emotions. He said some people just say, I'm an emotional person, right? And but, but there is a remedy For our emotions and we have to be careful that we don't make decisions based upon how we feel so we can't process from our feelings and our emotions a lot of times a situation will come up and somebody they go out and they just make a decision based upon how they feel right in that moment but we cannot do that right we need to take time to to stop And to just pray, remember I said pray, meditate on God's word and seek him first. And Philippians chapter four, uh, verses six through seven, it says to be anxious for nothing. Anybody ever feel anxious? The spirit of anxiety sometimes can come upon you. But the Bible says to be anxious for nothing. But here's a a remedy. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let your requests be made known unto God. And so everything that we we contend with, it says with prayer. And it might be kind of difficult to be thankful when you're going through a situation. You say, what do I have to be thankful about? Well, first of all, we can be thankful because we know God's got it. He's going to solve the problem, you know, and, and, and God is there for us. He's meeting all of our needs. And so the Bible says to be thankful, to be thankful. And when we come before God and worship and you can throw up your hands and say, God, I thank you despite what's happening. God, I praise you. It does something. It doesn't it do something to you despite what's going on. You can still hold up your hands and thank God. Amen. And it says, to so let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, it's going to act as a guard. And it's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There's so many things that can come in to try to upset the peace of our mind. But we got to know that we have a guard. And, and it's, it's God, right? His peace will come in and it will guard us. Amen. Now, in our program, we do this little thing. We tell our clients, we say, you got to put I over E. And basically, I over E means you got to put your intellect over your emotions. Now, that's OK. I- I'm not fully convinced about that. My um, suggestion is, is that you put G over I and E. Meaning you put God over your intellect and your emotions. Because the thing is that we have to have the mind of Christ. In order to make good decisions, to process properly, you got to have the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. So my thing is, I can't do that with the federal government. I can do it here. We're going to put G, put God over our intellect and our emotions. Praise God the next thing we must do is you must know that God can handle your situation. You got to know that God can handle your situation. Do you know that God can handle your situations? Are you convinced of that? Are you? Amen. Amen. Okay, so we got to know that God's got it. God's got it. And there are a lot of promises in the word of God, many promises. I want to read you Uh, two of the promises. Here's the first promise and it comes out of St. John chapter 16, 30, 33. It says, I have told you all of this so that that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. That's a promise. Here on this earth, we're going to have many trials and we're going to have many sorrows. And we've seen trials and sorrows. If not in your own life, you can look at the news. And you can see a lot of devastation and things that are happening there. But here's, the, here's another part of that scripture that is a promise. It says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Amen. That's a promise. God said that despite these things, I promise you, you can take heart. You know, you, you can be encouraged because I have overcome the world. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Okay. Okay. And next... You must give God full control of the situation. You got to give God full control of the situation. And there are three areas here that I want to talk about. When you give God full control of the situation, you release your will and your desires. And you're able to say, not my will, God, but your will be done And so at that point, we begin to cast our cares and our expectations on God. A lot of times people can just we have so many expectations and we expect things to go a certain way. But we got to get to the point where we release that to God and say, God, I may have an expectation, but Lord, I trust you. Whatever you want to do, I trust you. So I give it. I give it to you, God. In 1 Peter 5, chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. And we can give all, give everything. And I like the word all, because all, it includes everything, and it excludes nothing. It includes everything and it excludes nothing. So we got to give it all to God. Our expectations, our desires, our needs, our wants, whatever it is, we give it to God. Amen. And number two, this is important, that you are not stuck on or stagnated by the question why. When we give God full control, we're not stuck on or stagnated by the question, why? And there are so many whys in this life that we have. Why was I born in this family? Why don't I have the money that I need? Why do I have to deal with this chronic illness? Why do I have to take care of an ailing parent? Why? Why do I have to deal with this addiction? Why can't I break free? Why do I have these bad kids? You know? Why am I single? Why am I married? You know, there's so many whys. So many whys. Why am I not where I want to be in life? Why am I working at this job with these people? Why do I have this supervisor getting on my nerves? There's so many whys in life. before, when I was preparing this lesson, it was very interesting because I began to pray to God. And I say, God, I'm talking about processing your challenges at the throne, processing life's challenges at the throne. And so I began to pray. I say, God, can you show me um, not just my own challenges, but give me a revelation of what other people are contending with so that maybe I can give some insight And so I can tell you guys, God answers prayer because one minute, literally, about one minute after I prayed that prayer, I got a text message. And it was from a person who was like, I'm drowning. And it's like, I need help. And so when I called this person, I can tell you the situation that they were dealing with was dire, it was severe. And so much so, I was on the phone, you know, talking to them, um, trying to provide some, some help and some, some aid as much as I could. But I got to tell you, when I hung up the phone, I was in tears. My heart was heavy for this person and it just gave me a little bit of insight about what well, you know the challenges, the things that people are going through. And so I almost got, like I said overwhelmed. I said, oh my God, how am I going to be able to teach this lesson? I can't maybe tap into everything that people are dealing with. And then God spoke to my heart because I'm processing this you know, with God. And he says, you're right. People are dealing with many challenges, many issues, some you can identify with and some you may not. But you gotta realize that there's only one answer. There's only one answer. There are many challenges, many issues, but there's only one answer. And Jesus says, I am the answer. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am life. In every dead situation, I'm life. I bring life to that situation. Amen. Praise God. And so we don't get stuck on the whys of life. You know, it can stagnate us from moving to the next level, from going and doing the things that God has called us to do. And and this brings us to our next point, because there's a purpose. You got to know that there is purpose in the process. You got to know that there's purpose in the process. And the Bible says that we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God to those who who are called according to his purpose. And so, yeah, you might have a challenge. There might be an issue. But you have to understand that God can use that, right? He can use it for our good. It doesn't seem like it makes sense in the natural, but in the spirit, it does. Everything that we go through, God can turn it around, and he causes it to work for our good. I like a song by Travis Green. Have y'all heard it called Intentional? God is intentional. We're not just here, you know, like little puppets. No, God has purpose, and he is very intentional, and, and he is in the details of our life. Everything that concerns us, it concerns him. Amen. Praise God. And, and I wrote this as a note. It says sometimes you can feel like things are just working on your nerves instead of working for your good. And so we can't feel that way. You know, just know that God is working it out for your good. And I want you to declare something tonight. I want you to say, God, God even, if even if I don't understand, I will continue to trust you. To trust you. Say, God, God, even if I don't understand, I will continue to trust you. you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We do. We trust you, God. And we must, the next point is we must stay focused on God. Got to stay focused on God. And it's so easy to get distracted. When you're at a place of discouragement, you're looking for Anything else that'll try to help you. And then you can get distracted. And then we can kind of get off course. And that's the enemy's plan. That's his objective, to get us distracted. When we're not going to God and focusing and processing the issues, because we already got the promise, right, that we're gonna have trials and things are gonna come our way, but we thank God, because he said he's already overcome. And so we just gotta realize we have to go to God and don't get distracted. And here, you don't wanna focus on the challenge. Focus on God. Keep your sights fixed on God. Amen. You ever talk to people who love to talk about their problems? They just let you know, I mean you get on the phone, this happens to me, and all you gotta say on the phone is, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, right, yep, mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. And they're just talking. They're just talking. And that's all they want you to say. Mm-hmm. They don't want any vital input. They just want to talk about the problem and talk about the issue. And when you try to say something, oh, no, 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 they don't, want, they don't want to hear that. And I say, well, this is not even a dialogue, really. It's just you, a monologue, using me as a sounding board, right? But we can't just talk about our problems. And you don't want to focus on the challenge. You don't want to focus on a challenge. Focus on God. Keep your focus on God. And this is funny. My my niece says this. And she says, Auntie, the struggle is real. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The struggle is real. And and I laugh because I'm looking at her like, really? (laughs) Okay. what are your struggles? What rent are you paying or car notes or? (laughs) What food are you buying? What, what, what's your struggle? Please explain it to me. But she, you know, that's why I laugh, because she says that. You know, but, but what, what people fail, fail to realize is that God, he's more real than a struggle. You know, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater is God. We sing all these wonderful songs. Our God God is greater. Our God is stronger. You know, God, you are higher than any other. He's higher than the struggle. He's higher than, than the issues. He's bigger. God is bigger than the challenge. Praise God. And here, the next thing, you don't want to process from what you see or what you don't see. Don't process from what you see or what you don't see. A lot of times people say, you know what, I don't see that. I don't see how that's going to happen. I don't, uh-uh. I just don't see it. And based upon what I see, I just don't see that going the way you thinking that it's going to go. Have you ever heard people say stuff like that? I just don't see it. Now, I dare to venture into this topic, but I think I'm going to do it. We got sports fans, football fans out there. Okay. Well, I'm not really a fan. I'm kind of fair weather. And, you know, whoever's doing the best, that's who I kind of jump on their bandwagon. You know, it's like I heard that the, the, was the Redskins, they did pretty good. I was like, yeah, go Redskins. Y'all doing all right. You know, the Cowboys, they're uh little, you know, so I wasn't too much with them. My good friend, Mona Benson, who's not here, she's a Ravens fan, you know, so I get geared up. I bought me a Ravens shirt and went and watched the Super Bowl one year with her. We praying, and I was on board. But then that kind of passed. You know, I'm like, who's next? Who's next? You know? <laughs> uh, originally from New Orleans, so, you know, I got a little heart thing for the Saints. You know, know somebody in Pittsburgh, so the Steelers, you know, like, yeah, they good, they good. But, <laughs> but what I want to talk about, and I'm going to try to do this thing justice. I did just a little bit of research, and it's about, and for you football people, you will know this, it's regarding the helmet catch by Eli, by David Tyree, and it was in 2008 Super Bowl game. Y'all remember that? They were like, that was like the greatest game ever. And what happened was, I want to get this right, um, the, the Giants, no, the Patriots were undefeated that year, right? Patriots undefeated, which is really amazing, OK? No, I mean, <laughs> I didn't mean that to be funny. I'm just, that, that's amazing that they were undefeated, OK? And so they were ahead in the game. And so the Giants were like the wild card. Am I using the right terminology? Okay, they were like the wild card. And so in the game, in like the last two minutes of the game, it didn't look like um, it looked like the the Patriots were gonna win. You know, they were the one. They were the the team that was you know favorite to win. But in the last two minutes, Eli Manning threw a pass, a hail mary to, and, and David Tyree caught it. <laughs> Is that what that's called? A Hail Mary? (laughs) I'm right. And and he caught it. And because of that, they were able to win this Super Bowl game. Now, that is amazing. Really amazing. And if you think about it, what I love about uh, sports fans is no matter how bad the team is doing, they're wearing their paraphernalia, they got their gear on, you know, and it doesn't matter. You better not even talk about the team. It doesn't matter if they're not, well, they'll do better next time, you know. And they, they don't even want to hear anything negative. They keep a positive per, perspective, and it's not based upon what they see or what they don't see. They always have hope that next time, they're going to get it. Next time, you know, we're going to make some changes, and things are going to come out better the next time. Amen. And so the thing is, is that, like the Bible says, we, don't, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith so we don't process life from what we see or what we don't see because we're walking by faith. And what if we put that same application, that same determination or that zeal that you have for football and put it towards God and say, God, it it may not went how I want it to go this time, but I trust you, God, that there's a purpose here, that next time it's going to turn out, you know, and I know this is working for my good. Amen? So we don't want to process from what you see or what you don't see. All right. Did I do that okay with the Whew. Praise God? Boy, that was a I was I was holding my breath on that one because I know we got some serious, some serious sports fans in here. Okay. And finally, the last point is that you must endure the process. You must endure the process. When you're processing life's challenges at God's throne, you gotta endure. And number one is that you don't wanna rush the process. I know in life we want a quick fix, you know, we want fast results, and we just wanna get through it. I just wanna get through it. But you gotta be patient you got to be patient. One of my favorite scriptures has become my favorite scripture here lately. And it's uh, Psalms uh, chapter 37, verse 7. And it says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Wow. A lot of us, it's difficult to just be still because there's so much going on. You know, there's so much that we want to get to, so much that we want to do. And sometimes it's a discipline to just sit still, to, to you know, to, to get out all of the, the noise. And there's so much stimulation. I think a lot of times right now in our culture, we're just overly stimulated. We have our phones, you know, we have things on vibrate. And, but sometimes you just got to turn it off. And you just got to get before God and be still and let him quiet your soul amen number two here it says don't give up Uh, don't don't quit i'm sorry don't quit or give up in the process you can't quit you got to keep going in romans uh, chapter 5 verse 3 it says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us um, they help us develop endurance Endurance. It takes something to say the word endurance. (laughs) Endurance, right? We know that when we run into problems and trials, that they're developing something in us. You ever go through something and you say, you know what? I went through that. That was tough, but I would not change a thing. Isn't that amazing? You go through something, and when you're in the thick of it, it seems like it's going to take you out. But when you come to the other side of it, you go, wow. I went through that, but you know what? I would not change a thing. And I have one of those kind of examples, and I always like to go back, because when I was in the military, I learned so many life lessons. And when I was in basic training, um, I was the kind of soldier who would just stay under the radar. And I kind of figured out how to play that game. If you don't, you just do everything they say. You don't be seen. You know, you just do whatever they say. You just stay back. And this one particular day, um, the drill sergeant, he saw me and he signaled me out. And this guy was messing with me the whole time for little stuff, for really nothing. And he kept picking on me and he kept picking on me. And it got to the point to where it was starting to kind of wear me down. And so he just did something. I don't, I don't remember what it was. And then he told me to drop meaning that you got to get down and do push-ups. And when you get down and do push-ups, that's kind of like they're punishing you for something. And so when I'm down doing push, I'm like, well, what did I do? You know, I'm here trying to do my best. I think I'm a good soldier. And I'm down there on the ground pushing. and. Um, Another drill sergeant came over. There was a formation of people there, and I'm on the side doing (laughs) push-ups, and another drill sergeant came over, and usually when drill sergeants come over, they stand over you and they yell at you. You know, you you need to be strong. You need to do this. But instead of yelling at me and beating me down more, this particular drill sergeant, he got down, and he got right in front of me. You know, I'm down, he's here. And, and while I'm down there crying, I'm feeling like, look, I could just go home. I ain't got to deal with this. Why am I here? You know, and I had a degree when I went in. I had a bachelor's degree. <laughs> I ain't got to be doing this. And so I'm down there pushing and, and processing you know, in, in, this, in this vein of thought. But the drill sergeant, he got down with me, and I'm crying. And he says, you can do it. He said, don't give up. He says, you're strong. You can make it. You're a good soldier. Endure. And I never forgot that. And when I got up, I can tell you guys, I was stronger. I was stronger physically from doing the push-ups. But I was also stronger mentally. There was, he infused strength into my heart, into my mind. And because of that, I I finished basic training. You know, I went on to complete that course. But it's just something that in the process, what if I had given up? It got a little challenging. Sure, uh, I was picked on just a little bit. But even there was a purpose in that. Because later on, I realized that you just can't stay in the back. You know, you got to learn how to face your challenges. So what if somebody says something to you? How are you going to react to it? How are you going to process it? If somebody tells you that you're not good enough, How is that gonna impact what God says about you? Right? And so we gotta know that we can endure If we just go to God with our challenges, with our issues, that God is here. He he wants to help us. He created us. So he's not creating us just to be here, right? To beat us down. There's a purpose. There's purpose for us and God loves us. You gotta know God loves you. He loves me. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyatt'sville, Maryland, 20781. Pastors' Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.